Hi, I'm Rick Wright, and on today's episode of Build Relationships, Break Poverty, we're sharing a conversation with my good friend Joseph. Joseph is Hope Chess Country Director in Uganda. Joseph's vision and love for his country is incredibly inspiring, and we are blessed to have this interview with him. In his interview, Joseph shares about his childhood, how Hope Chess work in Uganda is unique from other nonprofits, and he tells personal stories about how he has seen prayer answered in his work. You don't want to miss this message. I hope you enjoy today's episode. No one is coming to fix their problems or the issues that they have in life. So they need to get dirty and work and change their future. Opportunities can come hiding in form of thorns, hiding in any way. It is just going to take them to be creative enough to know that this is my thing. I have to get involved in it. It is only me who can change the trajectory of my life. Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast that challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders and processing how we can help to alleviate poverty without harming those living in vulnerable communities. We are Children's Hope Chest, and we believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty. You know, we're sitting here with my close friend, Joseph. Uh, We've had so many great times together. I was out in Uganda about a year ago. Had a had a tough issue with a little health issue and my brother Joseph held my hand and walked me through a kidney stone so we've become close brothers. So Joseph's in here, our country director from Uganda. Joseph, we're just a couple of questions to just walk through stuff with you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your life growing up. I grew up in a Teso sub-region that is in the rural place that is located in north eastern part of Uganda. Much part of my early life growing up was during the time when Uganda was going through turmoil. I remember the first one was the reign of President Idi Amin Dada who was a dictator and then after that it was followed by a lot of civil wars and rebel activities in the area of Teso sub-region where I was growing up. So through throughout that time my life was characterized by insecurity cattle raids whereby we had rough life growing up as young children sometimes we had to be left alone to fend for ourselves that's great well and you've developed a passion for your younger kids and vulnerable children how'd that come about a lot of that came about following what i underwent as a, a child first and foremost i was born in a polygamous family and uh Normally with the polygamy, the rivalry doesn't end with the mothers. It goes and extends up to the children. So right from the age of about three, it was my grandmom, my mother taking care of me. And then after that time, I was given to my stepmom, who I would say at some point took good care of me. But there are so many things that I missed as a child. And at some point, again, because of the civil wars, I found myself in the streets where I had to live the life and go and fend for myself at an early age of about 17 years old. So from that time, I went through so many things that changed my perception about life, my thinking about life. And uh, one of the things that transformed my life completely was when people whom I didn't know came up and they wanted to take me back to school when I fell out of school, paid for my school fees, took all the needs that I needed. Eventually, I went to school, and 
a potential that was otherwise going to die in me was able to come out. I have done quite a few things. I have a good family. I have raised up so many people. I have done a lot of good work. This wouldn't have been possible if people who didn't know me took me to school. So learning from that, I felt like there are so many children, there are so many young children outside there that if left in the situation that they are in, they will not realize the potential that God has put in them. Their abilities will just die. So that is how I started getting my passion. And I believe I should be part of the transformation of young people who have otherwise looked at life like there is a dead end, but try to encourage them such that, uh, and be part of the development process in their lives such that they, their potentials can be able to come out. Oh, that's great. And I think our upbringings are fairly similar. Uh, you grew up Catholic also, and so did I. And tell us a little bit about your walk with Christ and your, your, your passion for Christ and where that all came about. Yeah, I grew up as Catholic, but when I left our home during the days of insecurity, when the rebel groups were capturing young people to recruit them to go and fight the government, I ran away from my home village and went into Kampala City. And I was working in Kampala City, working in people's homes in order to earn a living. So one of the particular homes that I was working in and living there, there were children probably between the ages of six, maybe all the way up to 13. So most of those children knew Christ. And they are the ones who talked to me about Christ. They actually witnessed to me about Christ. And I remember this particular day, I had not eaten for three days. I was so hungry. And they came and told me about Christ. And they knew the suffering that I was going through. And they told me that you just need Christ. Christ will change your life. And from there, I didn't have any questions. I did. I gave my life to Christ. And years later, now you are the mentor to so many kids. That's great. Yeah. So many years later, I have worked with Christ since 1991. Uh, so 91. That, yeah. And I have participated in leadership in churches. I've participated in leadership in different Christian unions. And I enjoy. It's the best thing that I've received in my life. And I know for sure that even during the time when, you know, growing up was so rough, I am very sure that I survived just because Christ wanted me to do something, and I want to live up to that. It's amazing how we go through life, and you know, years later you look back and you're like, Lord, you guided my, my path, and it's like, wow, because I see it. I see it in your eyes, your spirit, your heart, and I watch those kids you know, that you have had so much influence over the years, and even the older kids now that you're mentoring and teaching leadership. So backing up a little bit, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Hope Chest. I was a member of a leadership team in a church, and uh, I used to do missions. A pastor who came to Uganda, and he needed to work with young people in Uganda. So somehow I got connected to this pastor. He was connected to some other people who were cheating him, who were not really doing things the way he wanted. And then somehow somebody told him about me. The first work I actually did for him was to go and fix his car. And after that, we developed a friendship. He started sending me out to do a few things. He kept trying to know whether I'm cheating him. And then after when he really developed trust in me, he gave me to run his program in Uganda while helping women 
in Uganda. Somehow he's a he was a pastor here in Denver and he linked up with a somebody I think in Children's Hope Chase. So my first involvement was with Children's Hope Chase was in 2008 just to coordinate the vision trip that was coming into Uganda and it is this pastor he's called Dave he's the one who made that connection. That's great. Well I know because I've seen it firsthand the multiple hats you wear Tell us a little bit about a, a, a day in the life of, of Joseph as a country director. My day as a country director is it's just full of so many things, but all of them just rotate around ensuring that the work of Children's Hope Chase in Uganda is effective and it is efficient in meeting the needs of the communities that we serve. So sometimes I am inside the office doing office work, Sometimes I am out there building relationships with the community, building relationships with the children, building relationships with government authorities, with community yes. leaders. So my work ranges in between the actual work of running office business, but also being the face of children's hope chest out in the country of Uganda. That's great. And you know, as Hope Chest works in seven countries, one of the things we've been discussing is the uniqueness of Uganda. So as you see it, what are some of the obstacles uh, that you have to overcome on a daily basis in Uganda as Uganda is its, its own country and its own unique situations there? I think Uganda is, first of all, very unique compared to so many other countries. There are so many things that are a challenge to us as a country which wouldn't otherwise be a challenge in other countries. One thing that is very unique to Uganda is that the population, majority of the population of Uganda is under 18. So most of the population of Uganda is children. They are under 18 years old. And then the other second one is older people, people who are so much old. So we are deficit of the middle age generation, which are always the drivers of economy. So this has created, because of the age groups which are majority that we have, it has created a lot of demand for services. And these services mainly health, uh, education. So you find that government is putting a lot into this and yet what government is collecting in terms of taxes from the people is really very minimal. We have a small working group. In meeting these services there has been a lot of demand and of course this now causes coupled with uh, even unemployment that is there at least some of the young people that are going they are not employed so this is a very big challenge that we have in Uganda as a country right now I cannot quote exactly what unemployment is in Uganda one thing that I know is Uganda much of it is run by aid money which is not we don't have like industry industrialization has not developed so much in Uganda which can create jobs for people for people to go and work and be able to earn a living that's great so tell us a little more about the government involvement I mean are they daily watching us are they involved I mean do you have to deal with them on a daily basis Uganda is one of the blessed countries despite some of the political and economic problems that we have but one thing that I know is government is very supportive of the work that non-governmental organizations do and uh, we always get a lot of support we've had a lot of meetings with government we've had trainings 
with the government where they train us and we've had a lot of sharing of information with the government so government is very supportive of the development work by the non-governmental actors so it has made really the environment to be a conducive for us to do our work you know as partners as sponsors as donors we're always praying for you can you tell us a story i mean i am back to my Catholic upbringing and my belief in Christ. I believe in miracles. Can you tell us a story of a child that has been impacted by prayer support recently? Everything we do in Uganda is always impacted by, by prayers. We've always, seen, uh, we've always seen God stretch his hands. First and foremost, one of the bigger things that we've had is we've always prayed for our children especially for them to succeed in life, for them to go to school amidst the meager resources that um, we have. We've had moments where we've prayed for children to accept Christ, and I think that is the biggest thing in life. When we started with these children, some of them were Catholic like I was, some of them were Muslims, some of them were, you know, were pagans. But right now, I think we have been praying for children to receive Christ. And um, I remember the most recent one was one of the children that we really desired has been very stubborn and was living a way, um, living a life in the way we really didn't expect him to change much. But you know, after repeated sharing through discipleship, that child accepted Christ. And I think that is a great thing. Of course, we've had some children who have been sick and We've always prayed for them, and God has done wonders. One recent one that uh, I remember that is very fresh in my mind, and it might be very difficult for you to understand this, is we had a family that was being tormented by evil spirits and demons, and I think there were some sacrifices that were made to the devil. But I remember we sent a team of the staff and some local pastors and went to pray for this family, and that family totally got delivered. And every trouble that they've been going through kind of like, I mean, kind of like went away. That's an amazing story. It almost brings a tear to my eye. And where are they now? We continue to pray for them, right? Yeah, we continue to pray for them. They are in the village. We are encouraging the young people, some of them. It's particularly one child who was in the care point, but the rest of them are not in the care point. But we are continuing to encourage all of them to continue believing in God. Thank you for listening to this episode of Build Relationships, Break Poverty. If you are enjoying today's episode, consider visiting our blog. Consuming media can be overwhelming these days. Fill your feeds with stories of hope. Receive a weekly story of hope in your inbox by subscribing to our blog at hopechest.org forward slash blog. You know, Joseph, historically speaking, our partners at a care point have been a church or a group of churches or a group of individuals. Now we're starting to talk to corporate America, big companies, small companies, or, you know, leaders of companies that say, you know what, there's a greater calling for our company as well as our lives. We're seeing corporate America impacting some of the care points. Can you give us an example of how a corporation came in, funded, prayed for, and supported us in a care point and the impact it had on us? We've had uh, some corporations coming in, and it is true, most of our partners that have been in Uganda have been churches, and they are good with um, 
the funds we've received for them to run day to day. But the corporations have been coming in and giving large amounts of money that have helped us to reach a larger part of the community. Like um, we had a corporation that brought in money for us to run school gardens, where we ran school gardens in over a hundred schools, and we were able to feed, re give regular meals to over 20,000 children, you know, who now come to school and they are able to eat. Otherwise, the normal trend would be they stay from school from 8 o'clock in the evening until 5 when they leave without having a meal. So the corporations give us money that usually helps us to do something that is bigger and very impactful in the community. We've had corporations sometimes give money for training, specific trainings for young people. We've run, which would not otherwise achieve with the small funds, maybe sometimes that come over time. But once you get a large amount of money, you are able to do something that is bigger for the community. And you know, this goes beyond the care point. It goes beyond the areas that we work. It goes and touches lives that we would otherwise not touch in the normal day-to-day -day running of the care points. You know, I get this often. There's so many orphan relief, relief organizations, NGOs that are coming into countries. What sets Hope Chest apart from those? I think the work of Hope Chest in Uganda is hands-on and it is very participatory, usually allowing people to allowing people that we target to set the pace for their own development. We focus on facilitating and setting the stage for transformation and we bring in every actor and we allow them, we take in their ideas, we guide them, we just facilitate the process and then we allow these people to identify what are some of the local resources they have that they are not taking advantage, what are some of the opportunities that they have in their community that they are not taking advantage of and then we come and build on that and allow them to take a trajectory in their lives. That's great. Yeah, we talk about these income generating opportunities and people don't realize the opportunities that they do have within the community. That's great, Joseph. You know, um, we talk a little bit uh, oftenly um, to a corporation, to a church, and they'll ask us, what program, what project, what can I get involved with? What can I, you know, financially invest with, but also can I pray about? So can you tell us of a program possibly that's going well right now that needs expansion on? I think in Uganda we've always seen things being done but a lot of times we've seen impact into people's lives. We've seen some of the projects that we have implemented that have impacted the communities so much and we have seen results. But in Uganda right now as a, as a country we are focusing on two. One is community transformation. And we want to look at trans the transformation in communities in areas where we want to focus so much on the mindset change. We want to change the mindset of the people. Then we want to focus on the individuals themselves rather than focusing on a community as a big. We, want, we believe in changing the community by beginning to change the individuals themselves. We also want to enhance our approach to development. We want to make it more holistic. I know we have been focusing on holistic development of the children, but when it comes to the community, we've not really 
I try, uh, we have not tried the approach of holistic just because of the little funds sometimes that we have that cannot do much. But we, if we can build these funds, we want to do a holistic approach whereby we develop the community physically, we develop them spiritually, we develop them emotionally, and at the same time, we allow them to exercise what they have learned and expand onto other communities. And we want to continue the process that we do very well, supporting the community to set their agenda for their own development, leading them through the visioning process, creating their own, for them to create their own strategies with clear priorities, such that they can leave that path that they have set. And eventually we want to involve these communities to measure the level of impact together not just an organization we measure the impact, but we want the communities themselves to participate in seeing what is the impact that has been created with us doing this. In Uganda, we want to promote uh, the village savings and loan associations. We know that our communities suffer from income poverty and their demand for financial services is always very high. But you find the formal financial sector considers them risky category of people and they are not willing to lend to them because they don't have collateral. Besides even the high interest rates in Uganda which is sometimes it's above 24% so you find it's not very easy for communities to do this. But Hope Chase has come with an approach whereby we put these groups together and we allow them to collect small money they begin a savings program where they can borrow from that and begin starting small small businesses and we are seeing this booming we are seeing communities being able to do things otherwise they wouldn't do if they were not to come together and pull their resources together we also want to focus on leadership development especially for young people we feel we've lost a generation most of the people who are about my age and above these are people who have lived in camps all their lives. They, they don't know how to work in order to get a living. They are used to trucks showing up, bringing them food, and they eat even when they have worked. And we don't want, we want to break this thing from the young people. And that is the basis of children's hope chase, even going into areas that no organization wanted to be in. Because of the level of poverty of the people, it would be very difficult to see the impact or to create an impact. That is where we are, and we believe that through our leadership and entrepreneurship program, we want to change the lives of the young people. Every child that is in our program, we want to change their lives. As Hope Chase, we really acknowledge the fact that community leadership plays a key role in poverty reduction, resource mobilization, development, and even crime containment. In response, Children's Hope Chase we started a leadership program that we are running for young people but also at the same time we participate in training community leaders because we are running a community leaders training in every care point that we have and in some care points we are also running pastors training because we also want to modify the way in which churches are run in Uganda we want a church to set a platform for development Side that they do spiritual but also they do development on one other side. The other thing we are focusing on is um, we want to start a skills development center 
right now we are running various skills but we are running them in small levels but we want to have one central center that can be able to <coughs> bring in youth from different parts because youth unemployment in Uganda right now poses a serious political economic and social challenge to the country leadership its persistence is making it increasingly difficult for Uganda to reduce its poverty levels, which is higher in the northeastern region, and that is where Hopches is mainly based. So focusing on young people with formal education only poses a risk of them thinking of formal employment. And once the employment is not there, they just become unemployed because employment in Uganda has become more and more competitive. And yet you find most of the young people that we work with who are from these rural areas, they are unlikely to compete because they don't have the necessary networks that can help them. So we want to build this and customize it where every young person in the area we work with, whether through a sponsorship program or even outside the sponsorship program. Because in sponsorship, we are touching very few when you look at the young people in the community. There are very few we can find like, okay, in this community we are sponsoring 200 children. But we are just sponsoring 200, maybe out of 1,200 children who live around that community. So we are just touching very small. So with the skills development program, we want to open it beyond sponsorship. Sometimes the children under sponsorship are able to get education because Hopches will pay for their education. But we have those who are not getting any form of education, if we can teach them a skill through this skilling center, they can be able to fend for themselves. Well, and I jump in and I say it's almost like the pay it forward because they're going to impact the kids below and beneath after them with once they are, they're, they're taught and skilled. So, you know, Joseph, like I say, I get emotional when I hear your story and your passion. You know, if, if you were speaking to the youth of Uganda, what would you say to them? I would summarize it in just one statement that has always driven my life. From the time when I accepted Christ, I went to school, and that has been the thing that has always driven my life, uh, that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. It is a scripture that is found in Ecclesiastes. That is what drives my, my life. Everything that I find to do, I want to do it with all my life. I want to do it like I will never have a chance to do that again. So I give it the best that can come out of it. And I always have one belief that in any place I go, in anything I do, I always want to leave the situation different from how I found it. So those are the things that I can tell every young person. And I will always continue telling them that no one is coming to fix their problems or the issues that they have in life. So they need to get dirty and work and change their future. Opportunities can come hiding in form of thorns, hiding in any way. It is just going to take them to be creative enough to know that this is my thing. I have to get involved in it. It is only me who can change the trajectory of my life. Joseph, we love you. Uh, you're an inspiration to all of us. Uh, we will continue Thank to you. pray Thank for you. So you. Uh, we're getting support out there. And on a personal note, I'm looking forward to come out and see you, my friend. So you're thank you welcome. so much for your time. Blessings, my friend. Bless you, too.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chests Build Relationships, Break Poverty. You can follow Hope Chest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast.